Welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. And I'm Steve. But before we actually start, Will, can I just ask, have you seen my nipples? <laughs> I have, yes. Let me just get them for you, Stephen. <laughs> this week we are looking at Season 6, Episode 16, Decoys, a cabin classic in which farce and flirtation co-mingle as Niles attempts to prize apart Daphne from his, from his newly appointed divorce attorney, Donnie Douglas. Uh, Steve. A question very much attuned to you this week. What's your favourite thing? One thing only about hunting. We know, listeners might know, <laughs> you enjoy hunting. You enjoy a man. You're a man of the country. I I don't go hunting. I probably wouldn't go hunting, but I respect to the end your your passion for it. Tell me what you enjoy. Do you know what? It's a very, very strange concept for people who don't go hunting to ask what people enjoy about hunting. Part exactly. of it is. Part of it is being outside. Um, oh, I get that. Yeah, I do get the, that. The most rewarding part about it is probably the fact that it's not like shopping. You don't know if you're going to get anything. You don't know what you're going to find. Mm. Um, so I, I've come home empty-handed before, and my other half said to me, well, you didn't get anything. What a waste of a day. And I said, well, actually, it was, it was two or three of us, and we just walked around some fields, and we had a really nice time just chatting, hanging out. And um, at the end of the day, it's not a shop. So we didn't come home with something because you can't walk into a show, into a field and buy what you want. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of that. It, it's the it's almost like being on a sports team. You know, it's, it's hanging out with friends and, and chatting and having that common ground. Um, and that's probably what I enjoy most about that sort of thing. Um, I have been out on my own before. And it's actually quite nice to sit in a field on your own, just waiting to see if anything flies over or anything like that. So, yeah, it's kind of. It's time of when it's, it's one of those times that you never think of anything else. All you're thinking about is what's going to fly over or what's going to walk past. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a very good way of clearing your mind if you've had a busy week or anything like that. So I think you've, you've pretty much confirmed what I thought you'd say, and that it's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a camaraderie. There's a, a sense of the great outdoors, um, you know, there will be people listening that go hunting. There'll be people listening that are kind of vehemently against it. Um, and, you know, every every, each each man and woman and and another to their own but uh yeah i I think i get what you're saying and and that appeals to me although the Hmm. act itself i'm not like dead against i eat meat um but it's not something i would be clamoring to do but like you know if you invited me and i was in the area i'd I'd probably come along and see what the vibe's about whether or not i actually fire a gun that's it's as much right, as people don't necessarily agree with it, I will point out I've only ever consumed everything that I've ever shot. So everything yeah. that has been hunted by me has either been consumed by me, my family, um, or my dogs. So uh, yeah. nothing goes to waste. Every part is used. It's not as kind much of needless possible. slaughter. 
no, I've never been on a shoot that everything's been, you know, not been used. Everything has come home with me to uh, to obviously be butchered and to be used, like I say, for me, the dogs, et cetera, friends, family. So, yeah, well, excellent. I'd be curious to know American listeners in particular, because you've got so much beautiful landscape within which to go hunting. Uh, does anyone listening partake in such a hobby? Um, controversial, perhaps to some, incredibly enjoyable to others. We'd love to hear both sides of the coin. Um, shall we? Took ourselves into Trivia Corner this week, Stephen. Let's tuck ourselves into the Trivia Lodge this week. Trivia Lodge, <laughs> close the door on your way in. Let's just get these questions up. Okay, Trivia Corner this week. Uh, thank you to the Quizmasters and the Cadre for their kind of tireless efforts every week. Uh, let's start with the man in the future down under, Ham Winston. He asks, what four things has Niles discovered he likes about Ross? Oh my god! What an awfully difficult question. <laughs> Four <laughs> adjectives, which uh, which I think he he tells Fraser he's actually discovered a clue. Three of the four adjectives begin with the same letter. Do you know what? And it's my S. Mind it's is S. Totally blank on this. Um, I really haven't got a clue. This is, I, Gone. Nothing. Nothing in my brain at all. That's okay. <laughs> Stumped That's okay. at the first hurdle. What the I, hell? <laughs> I'd have struggled here because I can't remember him saying it, although obviously he does. Uh, we've got she's sweet. Right. She's sensitive. Yep. She's shy. Right. And she's vulnerable. No, I wouldn't have got that. <laughs> <laughs> but a cracking question all the same. Thank you, Mr. Ham Winston. He asks numero dos. When out hunting ducks, what type of gun does Martin use? Well, they're both shotguns, Martin and uh, they Fraser, are. Both. Can you, can you, I, there's a little bit extra detail that I know you know. What kind well, of shotgun? I'm pretty sure it's a, It's not either going to be a side by side or an over and under. So I'm going to have to guess side by side. Well, I've got here <laughs> double barrel. Is that does, does that ring true to you? Well, the majority of shotguns are double barrel, so they're either side by side, so the barrels are left and right, or they're over and under. I think I think they're left and right, side by so, side. Yeah, side by side. That, that's how I always imagine a double barrel looks like, like in yeah. a kind of World War Two vein. Um, and when Daphne's wearing her scarf to leave with Donny. What five colours are on that <laughs> scarf? <laughs> um, I'm going to say teal, green, no. yes. blue, yes. brown, no, and some yellow. <laughs> yes. you got three out of five to complete the set. We're looking for a bit of red and a bit of white. There we Lovely. go. Very nice. Uh, more <laughs> trivia for decoys now from the hamster. He asks now from He's a Goth now, asks, what is Roz's babysitter's name? Oh, you know, I think he's a goth. Is Alistair? Yes, it is our boy. Uh, the, man, the man with the stickers. The man with um, the stickers and the plan. I don't know her name off the top of my head. I'm going to guess Connie. <laughs> no, it's it's a missus and a surname. And I want I want you to think you've probably got oh, the surname um, printed somewhere in your kitchen. Have I? <laughs> yes, somewhere, Mrs. Mrs. Bridgewater? <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Hines? Oh, God. no, I didn't know, didn't know Mrs. that. Mrs. Hines. Do you own any any Hines-branded ketchup or beans? I, I've i got four cans of Hines beans downstairs at the moment, yeah. <laughs> right, look at you, Mr. Moneybags. Um, trivia from Chopper Dave. Below the gun rack, there's a large wooden bench slash box. What date is on that box? Wow. I'm going to say 
1876. <laughs> you've got you've got three of the four letters correct in a different order. It's 1780. That's, um, that's... Yeah, not not terrible. Uh, trivia from Noel Crane. What colour is the pot when Daphne is making coffee whilst talking to Niles? Is it orange with a slightly different coloured lid, like a greyish lid? Oh, you're correct in that it's two-tone, but you're off with the colours. Go on, what are they? It's pink with a yellow lid. Oh. Orange and grey wouldn't be an aesthetically pleasing coffee tin. I don't you know think. what? I have a feeling that one of our listeners, which is on Instagram, and I will plug them now, at mm. Fraser Interiors, I think they've covered this. I bet they have. Fraser Interior is one of the best things to come out of the Fraser community in the last three years. I would actually go out on a limb to say it's nerdier than me because I absolutely love that account just for the just the detail that they go into about every item that, that so Niles good. and Fraser own. I just think, but I, I don't know why. That's maybe that's where it. Maybe it was a different teapot that they've done recently, but I, I thought it was orange for some reason. It's amazing. I think I think we should celebrate anyone in the community who is doing something like that, where they're kind of delving into the minutiae, they're nerding out on the small things. A bit like when we wax lyrical on. You know, the bench seat of Nervosa versus the yeah. book seat versus that, you know, things like that. Or the fact that the zoo story has only the only sighting of a bathroom in Nervosa. <laughs> Those are the things we love. And I, and I just think anyone out there who's doing that, God bless you. Um, more trivia for decoys from Little Owlet in the Glen, uh, our girl Rachel. She asks, Nars and Fraser agree to bring a bottle of Chambertin to the lake house. Chambertin continues to be an upscale burgundy today. How much does the average bottle of Chambertin 2021, <laughs> the youngest drinkable bottle of Chambertin, retail for today? <laughs> I'm going to go the with... youngest bottle of... Yeah, so how much does a bottle of Chambertin 2021? Chambertin! How much does that cost today? Do you want it in dollars? Yes. Not that that would make a difference. My guess would probably be about the same. I think it's going to be $149. Right. I've got a big, big range that Rachel has kindly averaged for us. The average bottle costs approximately $603. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. I'm really getting into red wine, and that's eye-watering. Like, I, I, if I pay £10 for a bottle of red wine, I'm thinking, look at me. Look at me, yeah. Mr. Big Shot. I, I used to think that with uh, Lance and Black Label champagne. I used to think, oh, £40, £50 for a bottle. That's really, really nice. And then when you have Bollinger or Don Perignon, you go, actually, this is really good, but I can't pay 150 quid a bottle. No, it's no. uh, it's, t- it's nice when it's offered to you, but not if you have to pay for it. <laughs> Absolutely. I've got a nice uh, Rioja uh, on the go at the moment. Um, I've been kindly informed by Spanish friends. It's not Rioja with the sound that British people insist on doing, so I'm trying not to do that. <laughs> But I will post it onto It's Montrachet Time, our Facebook group for wine face Fraser fans. Mm. Um, I need to get it on there because I don't use that page. It's brilliant. So I'll get that on there uh, later. Um, trivia from MK, the boy Corey. He says, what unique similarity was there between the relationships of Roz and Donnie and Martin and Hester? There's a uniqueness to their relationships. Um uniqueness of their relationships this is a this is a really tough one but it, it's typical Corey, and that he's kind of found a nice little symmetry somewhere and he's just teasing it out to martin hester and donnie and ross Do, is it donnie and daphne or donnie and ross donnie and ross i'm gonna have to tap out again shockingly and say i don't know well this is a hard one 
Ros and Donnie broke up after six months. Martin and Hester got engaged after six months. Oh, very true. We're looking, we're looking for the half-year vibes there. And finally, before Martin and Fraser discover that Ros is at the cabin, what action does Niles claim as a way to prevent himself from having to go duck hunting? He says he'll do something. He'll stay behind to do something. It's not like what the that fi- was. It's not like the fire, is it? It's not. It's more kitchen based. Start the duck à la range. <laughs> what would be the first thing to do if you were starting duck à la range? Well, personally, get the duck. But if he's <laughs> if he's if he's avoiding that, no, I, I can't think of the specifics of start the à la range. I suppose perhaps this this kind of jaunty poem will help you. <laughs> Crep pans in. Summer, saucepans in fall. <laughs> I can't get saucepans in summer, crepe pans in fall. When winter's upon us, there's food for us all. It's seasoning the pans. Season the pan. Seasoning course, the pan. Um, have you got any questions left from your little collection that haven't been asked? Yeah, I've got a couple, actually, uh, two or three. The first one is uh, Daphne mentions three items that Donnie put in a basket and hid in the forest for their yes. meal. What were the three items? One is blood pudding, as she calls it, because I want to talk about that in a minute. It is blood um, pudding. Otherwise known as, to every other British person I know, black pudding. Um, yeah. We've got blood pudding. Um, oh, God. I keep thinking of all the other British foods that I've never eaten in my life, like plum duff and... Um, well, I think the other two are very, very much uh, Cockney sort of stuff, rather than. Ooh. Can you <laughs> give, can you give me a, can you give me a little bit of a clue, Stephen? Um, I don't want to tap out just yet. Her and Niles have to play around with this item. In, oh, uh, eels! Yeah, jelly eels. Okay, eels, nice. When you said another... Cockney, I did think eels. <laughs> yeah, and another one is a type of pie. <laughs> Kidney pie. Yeah, kidney pie, which we don't have. It's steak and kidney pie. Come yeah, on. <laughs> you wouldn't have kidney on your own. And I don't think yeah. I, I can't. I don't think I've ever had steak and kidney pie. Actually, really, I've had steak pie. I don't know if it's ever had kidney in it. I suppose you might. Yeah, you might have had like beef and ale pie and stuff like that. But, oh, yeah, I love those. So uh, yeah, yeah, you 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 got blood pudding, uh, kidney pie, and jelly eels. Um, one of the title. Your second question. The, one of the title cards is ducks and chicks and geese needn't worry. This is a play on a line from a song, which is actually says, uh, the Surrey with the fringe on top. That is the actual song, the Surrey with the fringe on top, where the line is, chicks, ducks, and geese better scurry. What musical is that song from? Oh, great question. <laughs> and it could be literally anything, but there's no way of telling this. It's got, a, it's got a kind of jauntiness to it, you know, better scurry. So I'm thinking... Mary Poppins or The Sound of Music. Um, it's neither of those. Oh, dear. Think uh, think, think, Chandler Bing. <laughs> Musical Chandler Bing. Oh, I can only think of his dad in Viva Las Vegas. <laughs> um, give it to me, Steve. Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> Tulsa, Tulsa. <laughs> Very, very good. Um, thank you, everyone, including yourself, Steve, for writing such excellent questions as you always do. Um, we find ourselves in the kind of wonderful problem at the moment of having to trim down some of the questions to 10 because so many of you write such brilliant ones to, to for Corey and, and, and Hamish to, to kind of mull over. So we're so, so indebted to you. And yeah, 
reviews speak for themselves they always highlight trivia corner as a favorite so thank you so much um animation watch steve take me home what is it was it, was it fireworks this time it was fireworks. I've put here shooting stars, which isn't correct. It's fireworks. Um, we like the fireworks, <laughs> don't we? We like those. I do. I can only presume that's as in sparking a new relationship for this one. You know, the Roz, Daphne, Donnie, Niles. Is that where they were coming from, the fireworks? Or I is applaud it... you for trying to make a connection. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we've tried this before, and I'm not certain to what extent there's any connection between the animation um, and the episode. But I like that a lot. And like and the a... two, the two couples, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I thought a skein of geese or some ducks flying over would have been quite nice. <laughs> that would have been good, actually. Um, apologies to listeners who can't see this. I realize my flies are ended whilst recording. It's incredibly rude and bad manners of me. Is it a, um, is it a trick your dad taught you? <laughs> <laughs> um, blood pudding. Does this frustrate you as much as it frustrates me? Blood pudding. Um, I've only ever known as it as black pudding. I've but, never um, heard it called blood pudding. It is yeah. made of blood. We know that. Well, she, I think she also says jelly eels, and I always thought it was jellied eels. As in jellied or jellied? Yeah, well, jellied. I thought it had a D in it, you know, not jelly eels. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you, yeah. So I, I get the feeling, even though even though Jane Leaves is actually from Ilford, I believe. Which is uh, hilarious, she, isn't it? Born and that? raised in Ilford in Essex, nearly in London. And... John Mahoney was obviously from, well, born around Blackpool and Manchester. How they've got these three English dishes completely wrong for me is amazing, unless they tried to make it slightly more understandable for the American audience. That is possible. Um, hmm. They thought, yeah. oh, Brit Brits won't care about this. We'll just give them something that sounds realistic for Americans to think, oh, that's disgusting. It's English food. Yeah, yeah. I th yeah, I think that's what they're doing here. Um, are you a fan of black pudding? I can tell you I'm not a fan of jelly deals. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've never tried them, probably. I'd, I'd, I'd try them. I don't think I'd like them. Black pudding, though, where are you? Yeah, no, no, that's that, that's fine. I wouldn't eat it all the time, but I certainly wouldn't eat all three of these things together. No, no. I love black pudding, um, but only have it when I have a, a full English somewhere. Um, I would never buy it myself. Um, we have a bit of a Christmas tradition sometimes, but certainly when I was I lived up with my mom and dad, we'd have a sausage sandwich of the morning with a ring of black pudding on the sausage mm. sandwich. Absolutely delicious. It's so good. Um, because you don't it doesn't taste of blood. It tastes of kind of oat and herb and just yeah, it's it so just, good. Those three things to me still just don't come across as picnic food. Well, they're, they're not, are they? So is he kind of being <laughs> ironic? Like, oh, look, I know you're British. Here's some disgusting fare from your... Well, she says they're three of her favourite things. I don't think she ever mentions them the rest. Of... Or she does mention kidney pie. A few she times does also. mention kidney. Or Fraser does when he makes yeah, a think... joke, a dig. Yeah, he mocks her for kidney pie. But, mm. um, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting that that's Donnie's choice to remind her of home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Niles has been secured of the keys to Shady Glen now, um, something that, that Donnie, quote-unquote, hammered out for him in the divorce settlement. Shady Glen always makes me laugh, the name. It sounds like... It sounds like to me a, a location from Grand Theft Auto. You know where they kind of have these. Like, I yeah. think I think in Vice City there was Shady Acres or something. It was like a retirement home, um, and it's got that kind of. I can see it in The Simpsons as well. This kind of really stereotypical kind of rural name, um, but I mean it sounds like a hell of a place. And as we will see later in the episode, it is. Um, 
yeah, is this just a convenient plot point, or is it is it feasible that he gets us uh, a kind of lakefront cottage? I don't know. Well, he didn't get. A, yeah, I don't know. He he didn't get the beachfront one, did he? You know, Marathon the beach one. Which from... one would you prefer? There's a question. I think I'd prefer Shady Glen, to be honest. One hundred percent. There's no dead seals in the uh, the lake here. <laughs> in a pin in pinoir. <laughs> That's um... ludicrous. We put the pinoir on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the delivery of Fraser when he says it's unseemly enough when she's in the room and he's like, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm this callous and cold and blah, blah, blah. Um, now I also obviously trying to play down Donnie here. As we go on this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about I think Nars' behaviour, which I think at times is understandable, at other mm. times maybe reprehensible um we we will we'll kind of puzzle that out but um again a, another great delivery from fraser when he says you know i wouldn't massage dad's ass while i pay her either i think is, that's that is amazing and it and it's, it's true so yeah 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 i mean he probably pays her a pittance but it's uncharacteristically uncharacteristically crude from fraser like i don't know just the the nakedness of that of that jibe my dad's ass it's it also it also points out that Daphne is now a masseuse. Yes, yes, she she Just is everything. Literally jack of all trades. Honestly, she really, really is. Um, I love the delivery of um, kind of Fraser getting all excited now about the trip and kind of potentially you know planning who's going to come and and then drive in the afternoon. And he says, you know, it's got a got a, a sauna or not a sauna. He's got the big screen TV, the wine no, cellar. Yeah, he, d- he does say sauna. It's got Are a we... sauna, a stereo, a big TV, a sauna and a wine cellar, which it doesn't look like it has any of those things when he turns I can, I can imagine <laughs> it having a wine cellar is plausible. It, it's not going to have a sauna. Um, but like just the way he says, you know, perfect for three guys, rough again in the wilderness. Like, I love that. I love that because they're just so creatures of habit. Um, and he's going to make his justly celebrated duck a la range. Have you ever eaten such a dish? Oh, I've eaten it many times. Have you? I've never had it ever. It always, it, do you know, this, this actually always reminds me of uh, Only ah, Fools and it. Horses. Um, do you, do you remember the episode of Only Fools and Horses with this? I don't actually. I'm not very versed in the falls. So, so obviously, David Jason playing uh, Del Boy is a little bit more silly than uh, Rodney, played by the now Fraser cast member Nicholas Lindhurst. Yes, yes. And he says he's been learning uh, French, I think. And he says, "Well, uh, he says, what's what's duck in French?" And Rodney turns around and says, "Canard." And he goes, "I know it is, but what is it in French?" And he says, <laughs> "No, duck is canard." And he says, so what's a l'orange then in, in French? And he says, a l'orange. He goes, oh, it's so good that they've picked up so much of the British language over there now. <laughs> and it's just, just a typical stupid conversation between Del and his brother. Because obviously Del's always getting the French things wrong, isn't he? He's always trying to learn mange new languages. Too, mange too, Yeah, yeah. Walks in to see women and goes, mange too, mange too, thinking he's speaking the uh, correct language and he's not at all. But um yeah, just any, any mention of Duck Alarange makes me think of that, really. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Yeah, and a lovely connection because of the, the Lindhurst degree of separation now, which is is, is one. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's in the show. Um, I, yeah, it's kind of linked to what I just said, but I just love the enthusiasm for when they're going away on a trip. I just love the freedom they have to just say, why don't we just go there Saturday afternoon? Why don't we do that? And they all just drop sticks and say, 
hell yeah, let's go. Why not? <laughs> Even Roz in a minute, which we'll talk about. She's like, I never thought I'd say this, but sure, let's do it. Like, I just, I just, this is my American dream. Like the fact that they're just like, let's just go to the cabin. Let's just do this. And they're all just heading off on a trip. It's so lovely. Um, And I just think, yeah, they're all relatively, well, not all of them, but certainly Fraser and Niles, incredibly financially stable that they can just think, let's just go. And I and guess in fun. a way it's, it's kind of the equivalent of being a market troll or like a financial trader in London, isn't it? And then going to the Cotswolds to your holiday cottage at the weekend to escape yeah. the city. To me, that's what exactly what they're doing. They're going, look, do you know what? Let's go to the countryside. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. And I just I just I just love it. I really do love their kind of dynamic here. And this is one of the few shows that I don't I don't know how to put this. It doesn't it doesn't glorify being wealthy in a kind of vulgar, excessive way. But it's hmm. a show that just kind of makes wealth seem, I don't know, not inherently evil, um, which, you know, some shows might go down that lens of. But I just think, yeah, I think Frasier, yeah, you've got plenty of money. Sometimes it's annoying. Most of the time, I'm just like, hell yeah. I wish it's, I had it's, this it's not often in a sitcom that there is a multitude of characters that have got wealth, is there? I mean, Seinfeld, they're all very no. much the same. Uh, friends, they kind of show that the others have money, but they're not rich. Although Chandler probably is rich because he doesn't spend any of his. But they're all kind of equal other than, is it Phoebe and Joey that don't really have any money? But they still... But that doesn't make any sense because Joey's like a celebrity for a large part of the the run of the show. (laughs) Yeah, but he wasted all that money, didn't he? And then he actually doesn't really work that often. (laughs) No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, But you know what I mean? They all seem like they're not all super rich, are they? Whereas Frasier is celebrity rich. Um, and obviously Niles is psychi- uh, psychiatrist rich. Yes. Um, you know, and Martin's obviously now either inheritance or, or retirement, and he's plus he's now living with Frasier. Um, but yeah, most sitcoms don't have rich people all the time, do they? It's like the odd character comes in, but this yeah. is a family of wealth, you know. Absolutely, yeah. And I just, yeah, there's, a, there's an aspirational element to it. There's an enjoyable... Hmm nature to it um nervosa is a buzz um here i just i just love everything about this episode i love the cabin i love the fact nervosa is just kind of you know there's lots of people kind of buying coffees do we have a coffee count here steve uh it will now be 219 there's three in this martin rosen niles nice 219 that 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 ticker is is kind of going over isn't it we're really kind of climbing the uh climbing the numbers there um martin rocking the double flannel did you clock this no, oh, he's, got got a, a fl- he's got a jacket got, on as well. He's got a flannel shirt on and a flannel kind of jacket slash overcoat. Um, not a lot of men could pull it off, but our king of Americana, Martin Gray, <laughs> is just kind of it's just it's just rocking it so well. Um, th- there's a lot to talk about now with the way Martin just drops this gigantic clangor to Ross. That oh yeah, he's been in love with Daphne for for six years, didn't you know? And. <laughs> And he's quite horrible about it. He's like, oh, yeah, some people have learned to move on. Or he's like, oh, that's pathetic. Or Ross says that's pathetic. But they're really, it's really unnecessarily mean here. And I don't quite know why it's played this way. Yeah, it is strange, isn't it? But I mean, at the end of the day, Martin mocks it. But then obviously the meeting of Ros and Niles at the table afterwards kind of settles that back down again when she says, oh, you've waited all this time. You really want to be uh, sorting that out. What about Donnie? And then he just goes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, I just want to savor this. <laughs> Donnie's dating Daphne. And she goes, what? <laughs> just like, That's not what? funny. That's not funny. <laughs> 
But I, I, I've always liked the, the sort of the bond between Roz and Niles grows over the series, doesn't it? They're very against each other at start. At this mm. point, they really start to become not friends, but they 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 sort of it's give nice. each other as good as they get. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It is nice. Um, I was going to talk about that actually. Yeah, I mean, the next bullet point I've got is that that Roz and Nars are kind of having a rare heart to heart. Um, and there's something about their kind of opposites clashing relationship that I don't know. I really enjoy the dynamic, and when they're being nice to one another and they're working together, albeit for kind of slightly, well, very manipulative reasons. Um, there's a real, there's a real something to enjoy about the way this plays out. You know, when yeah. it's different to to Ros and Frazier, who are slightly more on the same page in life, although of course they contrast. Um, I like the way that Niles says, you know, we're loves losers. Why don't you come to the to the to the cabin with me? And obviously he's inviting her because he's got this grand plan cooking away. Mm. He knows what yeah. he's going to do. Ros doesn't know that. Ros thinks I'm just going to come and hang out with you. And she does say, I can't believe I'm saying yes to this, but I'll do it. But she does ultimately say, I'll do it. Um, and I don't know, even though Nas is suggesting it entirely platonically, it's 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 hard to imagine Roz agreeing to that. It seems like Roz maybe thinks, you know what? Nas is attractive. He's got money. He's got a good job. What, why am do, I not do, looking do you at think it in this she's, way? Do you think she is, is, is saying, yes, I'll come? With the with the the knowledge that maybe it's going to turn into something romantic, or do you think she's going? You know what? You're a friend who's rich who's offering this getaway. I think it's a case of she's a single mum. Like I say, he's a generous, nice person generally. Um, she knows his brother. She knows the family. What's mm. there to lose? You know what I mean? And she's at a loose end that weekend. He says, "When well, it comes to the cabin, yeah, I could do it a weekend away. Why not?" What have I got to lose there? If they just stay as friends for two days, doesn't matter, does it? Mm. Um, you know, I think that's quite a nice thing if you're a single person, maybe a single mum. If someone did offer that, you think, yeah, I could, you know, I could do with some wine in front of a fire and walk around the lake, and it's quite a nice way of spending the weekend if you've not got plans. The one thing I do want to bring up though is yes. how much I start to dislike Niles more in this episode than I have previously yes. with the whole when he's married sniffing other women's hair. Um, this is now, do you know what? I'm going to destroy someone else's relationship, especially the woman I love's relationship that she's really happy in right now. I'm going to invite his ex-girlfriend along and see if I can really part the waves there. Mm. Niles, I thought you said you had ethics and morals. Where have they suddenly gone again? I mean, <laughs> why, Steve? Let me just ask you this. Should two people be happy when <laughs> four people <laughs> could be ecstatic? <laughs> I mean, um, he has he has a point. Yeah. But I just, I'm not sure how much I can agree with Niles. I don't know. Everyone seems to love Niles. I'm not saying I hate Niles either. Everyone seems to love Niles. David Hyde Pierce is such a lovely bloke. You know, Niles is such a great character. He's actually not that much of a nice person when it's to do with Daphne and trying to split him oh, up. Oh, no. He's selfish and... to the end, isn't he? Yeah. 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 And it, and it, he's actually very much like Frasier. He'll lie and cheat his way into bed with a woman. And that's yeah, actually yeah. really awful behaviour. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. And I, I do think this episode, it, it's brilliant. I love this episode. Really excited to revisit it. was really excited that this mm. is what the episode was going to be on. And I think maybe I'd always thought about this at the back of my mind, but now I'm I'm thinking about it in a in a quote-unquote critical way, not that we are critics in, in kind of the, the formal sense, um, that absolutely we need to kind of take to task some slightly or very manipulative 
kind of your kind of awful behavior in which he is basically trying to orchestrate the collapse of one relationship so that two may blossom ultimately he doesn't give an s if ross and, and donnie hit it off as long <laughs> as as long as they hit it off enough for a bit that it ruins him him and daphne's relationship i don't know so how could that work in the future hypothetically ross hits it off with donnie that weekend donnie cheats on daphne you get home you tell Daphne the news and go oh by the way at the weekend when we went up mm. to the uh, lodge because you were at your cousin's place in San Francisco I presume with her transvestite Uncle Jackie of course um, <laughs> nice little callback that they put in that the cousins are visiting San Francisco very I, di- I did catch that yeah yeah um, I-, I think it's strange that he could come home and say yeah Donnie and Ros hooked up at the weekend at Shady Glen because I invited them both they just happened to be there and um, I take it you're free do you want to go on a date sometime that would just surely Daphne would turn around and go, that's disgusting. Why did you invite them both? Why did you let that happen? You knew what was going on with me and Donnie. No, I, I don't know. want to be in a relationship with you. You've just ruined my relationship. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's not going to be built on trust from day one uh, there, is it? Well, no, he's certainly not putting himself out there as a, as a kind of trustworthy, you know, suitor. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. And I think, you know, the DHP apologists, I'm joking, you know, people, Niles is brilliant, but the people that really love Niles, I, can you see him in a slightly different light in this episode? You know, let us know because I think that's ultimately that is there and it, it's in kind fairness, of there. For us when to I talk watched about. it, I found the first sort of 12 minutes of this build up that the, 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 uh, the Nervosa scene, the, the apartment scene, and then just about the Zen getting there to the lodge. Kind of mm. like about, I, I kind of felt annoyed at Niles, and I've never really felt that before. But I thought I'm watching this, like you say, with an analyst kind of way round at this time. And I thought, yeah. you know what? I don't like what Niles is doing. The second half comes along, and it's joke after joke, door slam after door slam. Fast turns out, you goes, really oh, should come and like? look at this sunset. <laughs> <laughs> I've completely forgotten about the first half mm. and i'm absolutely loving the laughter of the second half so it does work it does work no it does work um but i think you know a critical lens is good and i'd like people to to kind of wade in with their thoughts on that as well um as people have done already but obviously you know the conversation continues beyond this episode um we've got a so we're at the cabin which is glorious let's let's be honest mm. it's wonderful a lot of pine a hell of a lot of pine but it's uh, it's I love the way it's set up. It's a bit like the Montana with the kind of the stairs. Obviously, the set's probably some kind of reuse. Um, it's got. Well, a I, study. I wonder if it's a little bit. It's a little bit ski lodgy, isn't it? It got is. A bit of. It is ski lodgy because of the pine, but actually the setup with the living room as a kind of pit and then the kind hmm. of stairs up to the other room that gives yeah, me yeah, massive yeah. Montana vibes. And I, I, you know, either way, it's all one set, but I completely agree. Um, but I really love it. And I love the little details that it's got a study with a fax machine. I've, I've got something I want to say about that later. Um, it's got the kind <laughs> of the bedrooms. It's got the, well, my next point, the rifles hanging by the door in an unlocked cabinet just for anyone to grab. Now, he does now, he does unlock them. <laughs> does he? Does he do that? I th- I think I think they've got a wire going through them somewhere. Uh probably a lock ah. where the trigger is, which which is common in a gun shop over here. They're normally wired up. He does get something to unlock something. They are in an open cabinet, as in they're lent against the wall, but there is some honest, kind of to- rudimentary locking mechanism. Yeah, but I don't know what the gun laws are like in I imagine a lot America less because- than here, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, mine is actually locked up behind me, about three foot behind me in this cupboard, uh, behind uh, obviously a gun safe where I'm really the only person to know that where the key is. Um, America's a little bit different, you know, leaving guns out. If, if the police came to my house and my gun was out and I wasn't cleaning it, I'd be in trouble. In America, having a gun, sometimes concealed carry, sometimes, you know, out yeah. of the house, just normal. You know, it, it's, a, it's different. I don't know what the Washington... Uh, state like uh, laws were and are they actually in washington state daphne says it's a two-hour drive i don't know if they've left seattle and they've left the state could, could or... be oregon or idaho or yeah I, I don't know where it borders really if i'm honest um you're you're better at the american geography than i am um well, yeah, cut, uh, yeah yeah i'm not sure if they've gone over a border or something like that but again it's plausible yeah. a lot a lot of people probably question why did niles and maris at their lakeview cottage have guns anyway who goes shooting there, Niles or Maris? <laughs> I, w- I wonder. I wonder genuinely if Maris is the kind of person to just buy and have the expense of them being there because that's what rural cabins are used for. Let's at least dress it in the way that it it's meant to be used, even if we're not kind of performing the the role of cabin owner. To, well, to its, I don't know. Niles suddenly had some very good knowledge when he said, "Take the." Take a couple of the guns and go out. There's a really nice duck line over the other side of the oh, lake. Yeah, he talks about the blind. He knows where the blind is. <laughs> exactly. He suddenly knows where all this stuff is, and that you can go and shoot ducks there perfectly well. And they say about the, you know, the, the, uh, you've got a couple of hours left of sunlight, and it's perfect. And you're like, oh no, Niles, you're very good at hunting for someone who doesn't even want to touch the bird. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know, completely. Um, which leads me to a great delivery of Martin's. You think these things are born, Elorange? Um, which just kills me. <laughs> Um, like Fraser's just kind of mortified at the idea of going out and hunting his own food, which is is, is hilarious. And it may, reminds me a little bit of myself. I you know I am a meat eater, but I obviously don't necessarily go hunting. Um, you know, there's a, there's a hypocrisy there. Um, and I eat, I eat less meat than I used to. I do eat a lot more um, kind of plant based uh, substitutes, but ultimately I, I still do eat meat. Um, so Fraser is kind of being hypocritical here. Um, I love Martin's kind of playful mm-hmm. shoulder barge into Niles when he realizes that Ross is here, <laughs> as if to say, you know, go on, lad, you know, what are you up to? Um, and uh, surprising, maybe, because he knows Ross and, and as does Fraser, and Fraser's a little bit, you know, or she's not the freshest start you could have made. <laughs> well, I like that. Yeah. He, he, maybe he's looking for a fresh start. No, Ross is not the freshest start you could have. <laughs> like a classic, a soupçon of misogyny there, which would just wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be a Ros sexual encounter plot line if that wasn't there. But yeah, Martin kind of surprises me with the shoulder barge. I mean, it's it's played it's played well, isn't it? I guess this is a father sort of saying, you know what, you, you're going through divorce and you've found someone, you've come up here for, as as he says, as us Brits would call it, a dirty weekend. A dirty weekend. Um. And and I guess Mice is saying, well, good luck to your son. You know, if that makes you happy, then I'm happy for you. He's seen him go through quite a lot of misery in the last few episodes. So maybe Mine's just happy. But you say, yeah, he sort of turns into one of the guys. But then, you know, Martin brought his quart of whiskey and he was going to bring a snake as well. Mm. Um, so maybe, he, yeah, it's weekend away with the guys. It just happened to be his sons. And let's face it, the last one, ice fishing didn't go too well. So maybe the one with shooting uh, is a much more popular choice for Martin this time. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. Um, Niles is just passing the rifles now to Frazier, or the rifles, the shotguns, uh, with the barrel pointed straight at him. Um, <laughs> well, like... the, be- the best part is I said to Will when I was watching it, it's like Martin gets it and he opens it up and he looks down at it like, 
just checking it's not loaded. But it's a bit weird, really, because Nas has just pointed it straight at you first, which is just a big no-no in the first place. Of course. Fact, I do like the fact that Martin opens them both up, has a quick look, and then passes one to Fraser and says, you know, this one's empty. You can take this one, and I'll open the next one up and check that one as well. He does do a little bit of gun safety, but yeah, the, passing, does, of the, gu- the passing of the guns is not, not good <laughs> it's not it's not great practice this wouldn't no. be shown in a kind of gun 101 tutorial video um martin and fraser now in the blind uh, is that what they call it the kind of the hunting spot well, <laughs> yes but they are actually just sitting in a bunch of trees by the looks of things they're not really yeah. in a blind <laughs> it's a blind that kind of like wooden kind of roofed yeah, outcrop you- over here, you'd probably use a few like sort of pallets or something like that, and then just put some sort of camouflage around the outside. Just something that basically you can sit behind that ducks wouldn't see you coming in when they're mm. coming into land. They don't want to see you. Um, a lot of people, um, have you ever seen the program Duck Dynasty with the Robertson family? That rings a bell, but I don't think I've seen it for a long time. So obviously it's like a uh, it's like a reality TV show, but the Robertsons, Willie Robertson, his dad and his brothers Jason and all the others, they actually uh, make duck calls for a living. And um, Phil Robertson actually made it uh, the first duck call, and, and Duck Dynasty is actually like his company and whatever else. And they made it into a TV show, and um, wow. you'll see on there they they literally cover their faces in sort of camouflage and stuff because it's the white of your face that the duck could see, maybe reflection or anything like that that they think will put the duck off. Um, I mean, ducks, as Fraser says, who knew ducks would be so shifty? They can be. They can be. And most birds can be. I mean, when I've been pigeon shooting, pigeons will turn literally on a dime, as the Americans would say. They mm. can turn in the middle of the sky. As soon as they see movement, that's it. They've changed direction. Yeah. They're so yeah. clever. Birds are so clever. At this point as well, Martin mentions 40 happy years with Hester. Kind of hard for him to hear that when we know the affair was such a large part of what happened. Like, I don't know, does he choose to just, you know, ignore that fact and focus on the good times? I can't remember the uh, exact episodes, but I think he actually mentioned a few times that they were only married for 35 years. Okay, so the timeline once again is... (laughs) Corey, we need you. Corey, we need you. We need some Corey timeline. Um, I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure in the past he said 35 years because that stood out to me that he said we had 40 happy years. Yes. Um, yes. But yeah, I mean, also, yeah, I, I, yeah, that wouldn't, 40 wouldn't make sense either because Martin's 67, 68 maybe at this point. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll wait for Corey. Corey will give us um, some details on exactly how old Martin would have been when he married Hester. But I'm pretty sure in the past it's been 35 years. But yeah, I mean, I, I presume he's uh, blurring out the affair part. Um, maybe that only went on for a few weeks, a few months, a year, and he's just not counting it, and the rest of it was blissful, happy marriage. I think so. We need we need our boy, MK. We're shining the Mischief Night Beacon into the night sky, <laughs> hoping he'll hear our call. Um, the study. It's got a study. I wish we saw it, but we know that down the hall there is a study with a fax machine in it, which I'm going to get to in a second. I love Nars' <laughs> delivery of, you know, we're all getting so mellow. You know, he doesn't want people to go. <laughs> he, he's thinking, oh, my my horrible plan to, to you know, sow discontent in relationships is going to fruition. Donnie took urgently needed papers, papers that needed to be faxed. He took them with him to a rural cabin hoping it would have a fax machine. Um, did this flag to you as what? Well, I found it strange that it'd have a fax machine, but after all, it's Maris, isn't it? 
she's going to have to be able to order things you know maybe they've got they must have a phone line if you've mm. got a phone line back then you could have a fax machine that's all it took and hopefully a, a nearby Neiman Marcus, uh, which is her well, yeah. her mecca. I did, um, I did notice one really cool thing, actually, from the last episode where Donnie has a folder and he gives it to Niles full of the divorce papers. Yes. Do you remember what colour it was? Is it is it the same as the ones he's got, the yellow ones? It is. It's yellow. And I presumed, I thought the joke in the last episode was, he says urinal cakes. So therefore, he gives him a sort of dirty yellowish, a, horrible, a urinal cake color, a, a urinal color, um, or a urine color uh, folder with that information in. But then he has the same yellow folder. So either he has all of all of his folders are uh, yellow, or is it Maris's paperwork that he's uh, got a fax? Is that what's so urgent? Has he brought the same Niles documents over that he's going to do work that weekend? Mm, that's a great question and a great spot as well. Um, I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, the kind of the farce interplay now is just ridiculously good. Like the the three or four times, which is like, you know, you really should come and look at this sunset for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> if I'd known you'd listen to my, you know, my advice so much, I'd have been more careful with my words. Just Frazier's delivery and like the way he just appears at the at the doorway, you know, like for the love of God. I just love this. It's kind of in and out of doors. It's very ski lodge. It's very fast, but. Yeah, I, th- I do think Decoys is a special, special episode. I really do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they've gone with the same sort of five-door setup that I think they had in Ski Lodge. There's obviously the one that the door's in front of. There's uh, the, the chair's in front of. Sorry, there's the, the one the that goes The study corridor, the kitchen. Yeah. yeah, then you've got the one upstairs. You've the got bedroom. the bathroom that Daphne's in. And, and then the you've door. Got the front door. Yeah, yeah. Which you're absolutely every- right. Everyone leaves. And everyone tries to come back in through separate doors. And it's just the same as Ski Lodge for me. It's not written by Joe Keen in this. It's written by David Lloyd. Um, mm. Obviously, one of the main people behind it. He's actually directed by Pamela Fryman as well, which is a very consistent director in the show. Um, but I just thought I'd get in that it's not a Joe Keenan, which I would have imagined it would have been because that farcical element on the uh, on the second half of this, is it's got Keenan written all over it, but it's not. It really does. It really does. Um, so at this point, when Daphne's in the toilet and Fraser slams the door shut, why yep. is he so afraid of her being discovered? I've lost track of the farce at this point. <laughs> well, I think that's what, the point. <laughs> why doesn't he want her to come out? He slams the door shut. Why wouldn't he want her to be present? I don't know. I, I don't know, actually. You're right, because it doesn't make sense as to why Daphne can't be. Oh, no, I presume because Niles is concentrating on Ross. So the idea is that Frasier thinks, well, in that case, I won't distract you by saying that Daphne's here. You go with Ross because he wants to, he wants to trick Niles because he knows Niles is lying about being with Ross, isn't he? Right. Because then he starts kissing Ross and going, "Oh no, look, we're in love." I think you're spot on there. Um, that must be what it is. Because I was a bit like, okay, I'm, I'm so confused. Who who do we not want to know knows the other is I mean, there? I love the fact that uh, Niles says that the. Uh, the door he, he's banging his foot isn't he and go no we just need to stay here he's banging his foot on the floor when donnie's trying to get in yes you've got, yes daphne tries to come out of the bathroom and you've got fraser going oh the pipes are knocking and 
Oh, look, one of the pipes has burst and it's knocking as well. And he slams the door at Daphne's face. So, so good. Um, I mean, when Daphne gets up, the way Niles drops Ross, she just rolls off him onto the floor and just drops like a rock. It's just superb. It's absolutely superb. And like just the delivery of, you know, Frasier saying, you know, they can barely keep their hands off each other. <laughs> it's so good. It's such a great ending. I think Perry's absolutely brilliant in this. She, she her, phys- her physical acting, her face and expressions, just yeah. the lines she delivers. She is really, she looks great in this episode as well. Um, it's nice to see her sort of relax. She's in a sort of going away, you know, the weekend clothes. You know what I mean? Her so casual, more, casual attire. Well, even Niles. Niles is doing his ski lodge kind of jumper. Do you know what I mean? Or if we go into a lodge, I must wear knitwear. He um, always, they always bring the knitwear yeah. out. Frazier's got a roll neck on. Fraser's then got his shooting jacket on, which is a perfect fit considering it's Na- Maris and Niles that live there. Yes. And um, and there's one for Martin that happens to fit him as well. How convenient. Maris, <laughs> who can coyly hide behind a breadstick, and yeah, her gelée finish yeah, yeah, fits Fraser perfectly. <laughs> um, no, but there's there's so much love about this episode. There really is. Um, there's just so many different talking points. And that leads me to ask you, Steve. Is this in your top ten? I honestly wish it was. Mm-hmm. I think if the first half, I'm not saying the first half was bad, if the first half was better, yes. I think it could make the grade. Because I think the second half of this in the lodge is absolutely brilliant. I love a farce, as most listeners will probably know. Yes, um, of course. It's, it, but it is outside of my top 10. Outside of your top 10. Do you think it's my final piece of the puzzle and my number one <laughs> Fraser episode? Listeners, I can see Will right now, and he's got a very stern poker face on. Uh, which leads me to think that maybe it is, but is he bluffing? I'm, I'm going to sipping go with, a beer as Steve mulls this over. I'm going to go. We never mull without sherry. And we never um, mull without sherry. I'm going to say, yes, I think it's your last pick. It isn't. Damn you. <laughs> however, however, I adore this episode. And we're not getting into that that quagmire of top 20, although breaking the ice is very much in that in that in that discussion. This is certainly in that discussion as well. Um, and I'm a bit like you. I wish it was, and I think maybe in a in a year or two I might rejig things, who knows? But there's space for this at the table. There certainly is. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant episode. Um and just as a kind of clue going forward, because we have got a bit of an ongoing semi-competition, please do DM us messages what you think my final top 10 episode is. And it is my favourite episode of Frasier full-time, you know, of, of everything. Um, do let us know. I'm going to try and play the reviews in a similar way, in that if I'm very praising, like I have been of this episode, it will be similar for the the one that is the, the kind of pick. I'm not going to tally right at the beginning of the episode, this is the one. Because that just kind of destroys the 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 kind of imaginary <laughs> dramatic tension I've created in my head. I you know fooling myself that anyone gives one uh, that whatever my top top pick is. But um, we'll point out on competitions for those yes. that have listened to episode one four nine, our parents ourselves one five one, the show where Woody shows up, and one five two three Valentines. I haven't closed that competition yet. I think 
I'm going to draw the winner on the 1st of March 2024, which is in five days from today's episode, if this goes out tonight, Will. Um, So if you you haven't listened to those three episodes, go back and listen. There is three phrases that we specifically mark out. If you write in a DM on Facebook or on our Instagram with those three phrases, you'll be in the draw to win the mystery prize. And um, I'll get that posted out on my week off because I'm off work that week. So, yep, 1st of March, I will put up a video. Maybe I'll do a live drawing somehow. That'd Um, be good. That'd be good. We should do that. So I'll do a Facebook Live and an Instagram Live somehow, and I will post on the 1st of March who has won the mystery prize for the 500,000 downloads. Perfect. That sounds excellent to me. Thank you very much, Stephen. Um, actor pick. Talk to me who you've gone for. I'm going to go with the amazing Perry Gilpin for this one. I, I love just, that. I, I love her delivery of the lines in Nervosa, and like I say the physical acting when she's dropped um, off Niles and the way she sort of hugs Niles and tries to be Niles' girlfriend in certain scenes to start with, you know, trying to make up the, the lie as it goes along. I just think she's brilliant. I, I really enjoyed Perry in this episode. She is absolutely superb. Um, so I think that's a very good choice. Who do you think I've gone with? I would guess Frasier. I've, <laughs> gone, with, I've, ways, I've <laughs> gone with Niles. No way! I've got to be honest because although it still very much rings true that we we've take issue with some of his decision making in this, nevertheless, I do think the way he plays the fast, the way he orchestrates the fast, going to the doorways, um, that delivery of you know you really should see the sunset like over and over again, he sells to me the desperation of a man who's trying to claw back his potential you know forever love um, through kind of nefarious ways um but he sells it to me uh and the shock at seeing them arrive etc i just think it's brilliant um and i think he's brilliant so i've gone with i've gone with nars come the dhp meister um kendy burling i'm on the ground Steve. does he own a lakefront cottage and have you ever visited it do you know where it is if he does have one he actually owns the one that was in evil dead um, really it, that makes a lot of sense yeah he hired it out to uh sam raimi and bruce campbell back in the day and <laughs> made quite made one of his first fortunes off it actually they recorded the first two movies there at that little eight view cottage <laughs> i'd heard his money came from the dead but i didn't i didn't know it was such a, a such a less disturbing no, uh, no no he also owns burling funeral company don't worry <laughs> <laughs> well there we go that makes a lot of sense um, all that remains is play Whose Crane Is It Anyway, the game where I ask you a single word used once in the episode, uh, and you have to tell me which character said it. Your word this week, Stephen, is stock. Um, I'm going to say, Frasier, you shouldn't have put so much stock in my opinion to do with dating Roz. You are correct. Um, right. absolutely Mark it spark. down, listeners. That's Get two it down. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think I need I need to give you one that's actually workable and not just the word <laughs> the or a or is. Um, so very good and very well deduced and well done if you got that at home as well. Shall we took ourselves in to not trivia corner, but listener mail. The listener lodge, yes. <laughs> listener lodge, let's go. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, listen, Mal, this week we've got David Von Kampen who says his duck a l'orange is justly celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> is that the only one you've got, or is that just <laughs> No, I just I just want I just want to have that one having a bit of a spotlight on it because it's superb. 
Well, in that case, I've got Casquat who replies, who knew ducks were so shifty? <laughs> who knew indeed? Who knew? Edwina Hayes says, this is such a fun episode. And even though they're pretending, it's a bit mind-blowing trying to get your head around the idea of Roz and Niles together. After all his efforts, poor Niles ends up in the same boat again at the end, though, having to watch Daphne and Donnie go off to the B&B. Uh, what do we think they're going off to do? Listeners, I'll let you sketch <laughs> in the lines. Uh, but really looking forward to the podcast, guys, says Edwina. Thank you. Uh, I'll do a quick couple from Instagram. We've got Shantae who says, I find this episode so fun. All the core characters do great work and the jokes are funny throughout. And the dead is dead says, honestly, any episode where there's a cabin and a mix up is perfect. Phrase in my opinion. And I, I would agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I know Anita Flores and a few others in their kind of separate, brilliant podcasts on Frasier have talked about cabin episodes and, you know, down the line, I'd love to do an episode just talking about the cabins because I also love them for kind of aesthetic reasons, for farce reasons, for plot reasons. There's yeah, they're in a cabin. It's going to be good. Yeah, um, the girls, the girls over at the crane refrain have done a cabin episode. They, have. they, might, they might have done two. I know they've done one hundred percent and um and they 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 dug deep. You know, yeah. they went really into those cabins. <laughs> go, go and listen to those people. Uh, Cheryl Robinson says, love this episode. Ros and Niles clearly have no chemistry. What great acting from these actors to make their scenes together so cringeworthy. Uh, and April, May, June says, I actually just wanted this episode the other uh, oh, Sorry, I actually just watched this episode the other day and found Ros and Niles extremely funny. It's so good to see them matched up in an episode. Uh, are you insane? I'm not going to shoot any ducks. It's barbaric. Oh, I get it. You, you'll eat them, but you won't kill them. What do you think? These things are born, Alaranj? <laughs> Super. Uh, I'll, I'll let you say the, the last word of this, but Fraser Interiors has said, love justly celebrated duck Alaranj and winsome yet robust. Shabbatam! <laughs> Peak Niles and Fraser. Superb. Um, we also have ZDY Gunners. Uh, why let two people be happy when thousands can be ecstatic when this recording comes out? <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> Very kind. Uh, Tim Wilshire says, lovely farcical episode. Who knew ducks are so shifty? And come here, Pookie, Nars, as he pulls Roz down for that dramatic kiss. Uh, and our boy with the stickers, the man with the plan, Alistair Green, says, one of my all-time favourites, similar to Ski Lodge, I love the way they use one new set to cause chaos, confusion, and hilarity. A top 10 for me. There you have it, folks. Hey, hey. It's in the top 10 of Alistair Green, and it is bloody good. So here, I'm going hey. to give you two contrasting ones. We have Jacob Wellfeist. I hate to say it if I've said that wrong, but that's her, uh, an Instagram name. Niles is at his most shameless, and Roz tries to ruin her friend's relationship. I skip it. They are to... both pretty reprehensible. Yep. And Sonar Matt, I love a farcical episode, but it seemed a bit much that Roz would hurt Daphne just to get laid. Yeah, that that's valid. It is valid. Uh, Helen Davis says, I always laugh out loud when Fraser opens the bathroom door where Daphne is and then says, shh. And comes out and says, my God, one of the pipes has burst and the other one is knocking. Um, Gareth Lloyd Rowland's fantastic farce. Loved it. Have you got any more on Instagram, Steve? I've got a couple more short ones and one message. Uh, Gareth, 1976-1976, says, brilliant farce. Ros and Niles together would be hilarious. And Wary Sherry says, I love the relationship slash bond continually developing between Ros and Niles. I actually wish we'd seen it. Um, Mm. Let me just find the... DM there. Sorry, listeners. That's okay. While Steve does that, I'm going to just talk to you about the fact that I love cabins in Frasier episodes. Uh, Steve, you found it. 
Yes, it was got four wheels on Instagram. It said another really strong episode. Probably sits just outside of my top 10, though. Any episode with a lodge in it is usually a strong contender, and this is no different. I'm a little disappointed by Niall's behaviour throughout, and he's desperate. He got the reality check he needed, though that scene in the kitchen with Daphne felt rather emotionally charged between them both. I do think Daphne started showing her feelings well covertly before backtalk. One fault I have with this app, though is that an extra walks in front of their table when Martin is talking. It was very strange to see it make the cut. Mm. Well, I didn't notice that, but that is very well pointed out, and I'd love to go back and watch that to see where I can see it. Likewise, I did not catch that. I love that. Those are the things we love to hear, so that's excellent. Uh, to bring us to a close this week, Jonathan Watkins has another great Frasier farce. Like many of the classic episodes of this type, it's one where it really feels like a theatrical performance, which always seems to work well. A lot of great lines, too. My favourite probably being, why should two people be happy? when four people can be ecstatic. And I completely agree. I think the farce episodes tend to be contained to a single setting for a large portion, maybe 50 plus percent of the episode. Um, there's that kind of coming off screen, off screen, you know, on screen, off stage, yeah. on stage. Um very quick fire rapid dialogue it does have a lot of theatrical elements and it's just so good it really does work well um this is very much a high point of season six for me really like this um and great to hear that so many of you also do too and likewise those of you that don't like it i think for very valid reasons as we've as we've talked about so yeah i mean the people who have said i don't like this for this reason i can totally see why they don't like the episode like i said yeah. i didn't i didn't enjoy the first half half as much nowhere near half as much as I enjoyed the second half. I love the farcical side, but the first half, like I say, I got hooked on Niles' ethics too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, very true, very true, Steve. Um, next episode will be Dinner Party, a very popular episode in the Fraser canon. And yeah, I think as a one-two punch goes, decoys and dinner party. That's a hell of a run of two of yeah. two apps. So very excited for dinner party. I know lots of you will be as well. So get those uh, opinions in when the call on social media goes out. But other than that, I've been Will. And I've been Steve. And thank you very much for listening <laughs> to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs.